Moses TV, but before I do that, Father, so we have, we have visitors amongst us. You guys visited with us today? Yeah. Where you from? California. California? Yeah. Columbus. Columbus? <laughs> jokes, jokes. Well, uh, what's your name? Jaeger. Jaeger? Yeah. But well, we're glad to have you. Watch Rose. Hey! We'll come up with some California. Columbus, California, Glad to have the Yeagers. Uh, for a few minutes this evening, I'd like to ask you a couple questions. Have you ever dealt with someone, or have you dealt with people, or a person in particular that tends to give you ultimatums? Have you uh, dealt with people who use tears against you, or who use emotional outbursts against you? Have you dealt with people that give you the silent treatment? Have you dealt with folks, or are you dealing with somebody who likes to play the victim? People who make you walk on eggshells. People who guilt you? Are you dealing with people who skew the facts? Are you dealing with people who like to twist words? And people who play it all like to suck the life out of you? If you are dealing with people like that, or dealing with a person like that, who displays these attributes on a consistent basis, you are dealing with a manipulative person. Not only are you dealing with a manipulative person, you are dealing with an emotionally manipulative person. And God has a problem with people being manipulated. Now, the psychologists will tell us that all humans, to a certain extent, are manipulative. And that may be indeed true. But the question is, do we have to be manipulative? I believe that when we start to study the Word of God, and we come to understand God's will, we know that we don't have to choose to be manipulative in order to get the things that we need and the things that we want. We have a loving God who knows all that we need. He's aware of all that we want, and he gives us these things in due time. And his time is never, ever off. God gives us everything we need at the proper time. He even gave the world what it needed in due season when he sent Jesus Christ to live, to die, and rise from the dead. So I'd like for us for a moment to turn to, if you will, turn to Romans chapter 7. So we're going to go a few places in the scriptures. We're going to go here and there preaching the word of God. Now, Merriam-Webster tells us that the definition of manipulation is 
to manage or utilize skillfully, to control or play upon by artful, unfair, or insidious means, especially to one's own advantage. It is to change by artful or unfair means as to serve one's purpose. That's what it means to manipulate someone. Notice what it says there, to manage, utilize, or control. Nico, read for me in uh, Romans chapter 7 and pick up reading about, about verse 20. In the Bible, <coughs> in scriptures read, now if I do what I want, what, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Mm -hmm. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then, with the mind I myself serve. Hold it. It says, who will deliver me? And who did it say, can and will deliver me, Nico? The Lord Jesus Christ. Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Underline that. Who will deliver me but my Lord and Savior? Jesus Christ. Now, Nico, go to Romans 10, and I want you to read verses uh, 9 and uh, well, 8 through 10 for me, please. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto, unto salvation. If you confess, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is who? Lord. Lord and Savior. Right? So we know that already who is the deliverer? The Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then we read here that, that again, my deliverer and savior is Jesus Christ. Then let us go to James chapter one. James chapter one. And I want you to drop down for me, Nico. Drop down for me right there when it tells us um, where all good and perfect gifts come from. Master 
by nothing except for by the Lord and Savior. The Bible says you have to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord if you are to be delivered from your sins. And the most dangerous thing threatening the soul of man today is sin. So the one who can do the most for me and who has done the most for me is who? Jesus Christ. He is my only Lord, my only Savior, my only Deliverer. Acts chapter 17 says, it's in him that we live, we move, and we breathe. He is my only sustainer. It is only he. And every good thing in my life comes from above, not here. Colossians 3 verse 2 tells you that we are to keep our minds set on things above and not things of the earth. Our affections are to be on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. Is that what your Bible says? So, when we talk about our affections, understand this about manipulators. Manipulators are keen. They do well at finding your weaknesses. They look for your emotional weaknesses. They appear as helpers. Even when they don't want to help, they always appear as the greatest helper. You know why? Because by being the greatest helper, they get you to open up. You open up to them. They learn something about you, and they use it about use it against you forever. This is what emotional manipulators do. And see, emotional manipulators, they want your behavior to change with their mood. Whatever they're feeling at the moment, you're supposed to hop to it and see to it. Did you know that? It doesn't matter how they're feeling, where they're coming from, you're supposed to change whatever you're doing, however you're feeling, whatever, drop it, and you're supposed to run and, 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 and bow down because you owe them so much. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. As long as the Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything or anybody else. Psalm 121 says, to look beyond the hills from whence cometh thy help. Thy help, it comes from the Lord. Why am I quoting these scriptures? Because I want to give you six biblical ways to deal with emotional abusers. Emotional manipulators. I want to give you six ways to deal with that. And the first thing you have to do is recognize that you have one Lord, one Savior, one deliverer. You have one provider, and don't you ever forget it. I say that to my babies. I say that to every man that sits in this room. 
You only provide what God provides for you. If God does not provide it, you don't have it. And it wasn't provided by your hand. Understand. Understand that. See, I say that so you're not sitting there browbeating her one day, telling her how she ought to be glad and how much she owes you for all that you provided for her and for all you do for her. No, 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 no. You do because God allows you to do. Huh? God is using you as a tool to provide for her and that family of yours. Notice, he is working through you. You don't work by yourself. Son, you can't even get up by yourself. Son, you can't even draw breath without the Lord say so. Huh? And I also say that, I, I, I hear you, I hear you, baby. And I also say that so that my young girls understand and my sisters understand that the only man that you are to first depend upon is God Almighty. You depend on God and God alone. First, God. And see, when you depend on God, that you depend on God to point out everything for you. And you depend on God to point you in every direction you need to go. And you depend on God to clarify everything for you. And you don't make decisions off by yourself. You always come back to God. Understand that? Because your father loves you so much that he would never mislead you. That's why he delivers you. And I'm telling my babies this now. I'm telling my cute faces this now. I'm telling my young girls this now. So you're not sitting around looking for some man to make a way for you. You make your relationship first with God Almighty. Establish yourself with him. And he'll take care of the rest. Because when you establish yourself with the Lord, you establish your true value, your true worth. And you will not submit yourself to any type of treatment just to pay a bill, just to get by, just to make ends meet. Some man will not come and devalue you because you're not living up to his standards. The only standards you are expected to live up to are the standards of the God who made you, who loves you, and who provides for you. Does that make sense to anybody? I want my young fellas to understand that. You always understand that God works through you. You're not a God in and of yourself. Now, you have to recognize when you're being, because see, when emotional, emotional abusers or, or manipulators do, they'll give you ultimatums. You know what an ultimatum is? An ultimatum is a quick demand. You do this or that. If you don't do this, then I'll leave you. Huh? I'm going to give you the answer. Bye. 
Because you are all right with your master, with the one who will take care of you. See, the Lord, he'll take care of you whether you're healthy or unhealthy. He, matter of fact, he gives you all health. The Lord will take care of you whether you're cute or ugly, quote unquote. The Lord will take care of you when you're in shape and out of shape. The Lord will take care of you whether you're keeping up with the fads or not. The Lord is going to take care of you because he loves you most and loves you more than you love yourself. So somebody had the audacity to press up to your face and tell you, unless you do, then I will leave you. Then you let them do what they must do. And that's not just to the sisters, that's to the brothers as well. You don't let some woman sit and tell you that. It's time out because you know what? Emotional manipulation has no place in the body of Christ. We all move by the spirit of love and peace and unity that dwells in the Holy Spirit. And nobody is better than anybody. Nobody owns anybody for everybody belongs to the great somebody. Huh? And I say that also when you got friends at school. You know you got the friends at school who say, unless you do this or say that or treat so-and-so that way, then I can't be your friend. Well, guess what? I guess you won't be my friend because I have a friend that sticks closer than any brother. Huh? I guess you just won't. And let me tell you something else, children. The person who says that they were never your friend to begin with. In fact, you don't want that friend because they don't know how to be a friend. Emotional, emotional manipulators, uh, uh, it, 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 when you're dealing with them, they're self-centered and they're self-focused. And, and, and you can't have conversations with them because when you try to talk to them, you know what they do immediately? They start crying. Or they have some kind of emotional uh, outburst to get you off the point. Or they might start flexing or pouting. Anything to scare you and get you off the point. Don't, don't, don't you be afraid of that. Some, some might not understand what I'm talking about, but I'm trying to show you that sometimes we do show flare, uh, we show small. Uh, 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 we have moments of manipulation that we got to catch ourselves on. But I'm talking about people who do this every day. Or in your relationship more times than none. If somebody is making you feel, and notice what I said, making you feel, because in reality, nobody can make you feel anyway. But if you have allowed yourself to get in such a codependent situation that whatever that person tells you to feel, you feel, or that person is such a crutch to you that your life is all out of whack without them, you're in a dangerous situation. And you need to recalibrate. So you say, you say all oh, this, Brother Johnson, but how do we fix it? How do we fix it? Well, I, I gave you one. The first thing, you only have one Lord and one Savior. Now that doesn't mean go back to people or when y'all ride home tonight talk about I only got one Lord, and I ain't got to do nothing. But Johnson didn't say that. 
Mm-hmm. But Johnson did not say that. <laughs> he didn't say that. What he did say is you have a Lord and he orders your life. And he wants you to respond in such a way. We just talked about it with, with, Pete, with Paul this morning. How Paul acted in front of a cripple, Hephaestus. Okay? So now, when you realize, and, and, and we're going to turn the scriptures here, the next thing you do, one Lord, the next thing I want, the next thing you got to do, you got to repent. You got to repent. Nico, uh, get for me, uh, turn, turn over there for me to Ephesians 5, verse 2. And, and uh, Cheyenne, get for me Romans 12, 19. What you got to do, you got to ask God to forgive you for allowing yourself to come under artificial authority. Letting somebody lead your life who has no business leading your life. Now somebody will say, but aren't we supposed to walk together in love? Sure we are. What's the Bible say in Ephesians 5 verse 2? And walk in love as Christ also has loved us in giving himself for us an offering and a sacrifice <coughs> to God for the sweet smell of Rome. Uh-huh. You read. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be the name among you as is fitting for saints. Now notice, we're supposed to walk in love, right? But there's something else we're supposed to do. We're also supposed to prefer one another. What's it say in Romans 12, verse 19? Go ahead and read. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, oh, Lord. All right, go ahead, keep reading, keep reading. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him, if he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt keep coals of fire on his head. Now watch, watch now. Here's the thing. We're supposed to walk together in love. But just as we walk together in love, that doesn't mean you are a love slave. Meaning, you're supposed, if, you, if you claim to love me, then you'll do everything I say. And you'll do it the way I say. That's not what God taught. He said you have to prefer one another. That means to consider each other important. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. It is to consider one another important. That means she's no more important than you are, and you are no more important than she is, and you work together. I thank you, Lee. And Lee even unscrewed the uh, water for me. Now, I appreciate that, but no, Brother Johnson is sitting here and electrocuted something. <laughs> so the thing that went, ooh, 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 well, he went out the way he wanted to. He wasn't preaching. He was shocked. Anyway, so the thing is, walk together and prefer one another, meaning each person has to be important in the relationship. If each person in the relationship isn't important, then it's not one that God supports. Each person, each person's thoughts, each person's values, each person must be lined up with God, and we work together and we bring it to the Lord. Nobody is devalued. Huh? And nobody is set up to worship another. See, and here's the difference. When you're working with an emotional abuser, they say they'll manipulate, they're saying they're helping you to free you from burdens. No, they're not. They're freeing you so you they can control more of you. Galatians, the Bible says in Galatians 5, verse 1, it is Christ who has set you free. 
See, see, emotional, if you deal up with an emotional abuse, a manipulator, they will never set you free. Because there's still too much they need to get out of you. And see, unless you realize that you are dealing with an abuser, a manipulator, and repent of that, and I'm not talking about in the marriages, I'm talking about because there's a different process there, but I'm talking about in these friendships, relationships, whatever. You got to repent. Repent means to turn from it. If you got a so-called friend and you know they manipulate you emotionally, you need to turn away. Now, why do you turn away at first? You turn away at first to give them a chance to repent, to see if they'll change. But if they won't change, then you need not change your course. You continue walking away. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that friend who gives you a whole guilt trip because, because you went and sat with another friend. I can't believe you. All these years, and then you're going to go for there. Huh? Or you go, and that, uh, you go sit with somebody else at lunch. All of a sudden, now they won't answer your phone calls. Won't return the text. That's foolish, that's petty, that's immature. Huh? But you know what they're doing? They're trying to punish you. So you got, no, you got one more. Then you got to repent. Then the next thing you need to do, forgive yourself. Write that down, that's important. You have to forgive yourself. Because once you see that manipulation is it, you've been manipulated by a person, one of the first things you're going to do is get angry. But remember what it says in James 1. The anger of a man cannot accomplish the righteousness of God. So you cannot seek to avenge yourself. What you ought to do, what the Bible says, pray for those that spitefully use you. You want to grow through that situation? You can grow through it. Be mature enough to not strike back, but pray back. Does that make sense? And let's go to go to first John uh, chapter one verse nine. Nico, read for read for me. You have to forgive yourself. Why? Because anybody can be manipulated. It can happen to anyone. So don't sit around thinking that you're weaker than anybody, more stupid than anybody, that you're less than anybody. Because anybody is susceptible. First John chapter one verse nine. What's the Bible say? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is what you need to do. Be praying to God, owning it, asking him to embrace the sin, embrace manipulation, but do not walk around calling yourself stupid. Don't walk around calling yourself dumb. I'm so dumb. I'm so stupid. I'm so this. I just keep falling in. No, that's over. You recognize it. You saw it. You stood up. You walked away from it. That took courage. Now, forgive the person. Forgive yourself. Because you need to heal, not continue to hurt yourself. Now, does that make sense to anybody? Then number three. So you need it. Okay, you got to know you got one Lord. Then you got to repent. Then you got to forgive yourself. Then the next thing you've got to do, you've got to learn how to say no. Now, some people say learn how to say a diplomatic no. 
And the reason why they say learn how to say a diplomatic no is because sometimes when you're dealing with manipulators, their anger is such that it, they, they, when you tell them no, they're like a big old spoiled brat. You know what I'm talking about? As soon as you even look like you're going to say no, they start pouting. Shoulders get tight. They start heaving. Looking all upset. Jaws get tight. Nose is open. They got everything to say. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all looking at me like, he's got to be making that up. Y'all know I ain't making that up. Because they may not do all of that, but they may do some of that. They start getting upset, red, and angry, and, and they start uh, exhibiting very uh, 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 physically, sometimes physically aggressive behavior. So you got to learn how to say what they call a, a diplomatic no. What is a diplomatic no? A diplomatic no is how to say something without saying something. Huh? Y'all know how to do it because you do it to me all the time. <laughs> all the time. So when you do that, see now, so let's look at what it says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 37. Now, the most of manipulators, they get angry. They get angry when you stop catering to them. When you stop catering to their every need and you stand up for yourself, they get very angry. But you have to stick to your guns. You cannot be intimidated. You cannot be pushed off your square. You gotta stand with the Lord and Savior who is your deliverer. What does it say in Matthew chapter 5, verse 37? Yes, be yes, and you know, no. See that? How do we get caught up saying everything but that? Hey, if you can, say yeah. If you can't, say no. Right? If you can. So the thing is, you gotta understand. But see, here's the thing. You don't have to be mean-spirited when you say no. You don't have to be mean-spirited. You, you can use, you can just politely, but firmly tell them no. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I can't do that. No, I can't be there. And don't get caught up in the guilt press. Because you know what you can do and what you can't do. Be honest about it. Next thing you need to do after forgiving yourself, you need to also, you also need to ask questions. Ask what they call pushback questions. Pushback questions. And you wonder what those are. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. You go, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23 to 24. Now, when we talk about pushback questions, when they ask you something that you know is unreasonable, ask them. Now, does that sound reasonable? Is it reasonable for you to ask me to do that? What's the Bible saying in, in, in 2 Timothy 2, 23-24? But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those, who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him in his will. Honey, I'm saying this because my young girls see that we're going to go out. We're going to go out to lunch next Sunday afternoon, me and my, my young girls, and we're going to have some good talk. We're going to have some good um, man-woman talk. 
We're going to talk about some things. I'm going to talk, they're going to listen. I'm playing. But we're going to talk, and we're going to talk about what's going on, and talk about how these boys got these wandering eyes. But not only do these boys have these wandering eyes, these girls have these wandering minds. And with wandering eyes and wandering minds get together, you get a problem. Especially when young. But it's not just young and dumb. It's old and stubborn, too. And see, I don't want my babies already in a position when some dude is looking them in the face saying, if you love me, you will. I need you to be able to say back and say, I need you to say, is that reasonable to you? Does that equate love? Does that really make you trying to I gotta prove, there's only one way for me to prove my love to you. What you talking about right now ain't even love. You need to call that what that is. Huh? And I, and I, and I, and I want like, to ask these pushback questions. And the thing is, and, and, and here's the thing, and, 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 and young girls, you gotta be able to say this, fellas, you gotta be able to say it too. Are you really expecting me to do that? You really expect me? And not just there. You know all those hoops and, 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 and hurdles people trying to make you jump over to prove yourself a good friend? You gotta ask, ask, you really expect me to do that? That's, that's what this is? This is all we about? I mean, you don't have to be that high pitch. But I'm saying, huh? If that's what we gotta do, then I'm not doing it, but let me tell you what's gonna happen. Oftentimes, see, emotional manipulators are, they do not like direct confrontation. They are masters at passive aggressive behavior. They are masters at, at maneuvering people to say what they're too afraid to say to your face. So usually what they'll do, they'll back down when you push back. Other times, they may try to argue their case. But here's what you do. We just read in 2 Timothy, right? 2 Timothy tells you what? <laughs> read it again for me, Nico. 2 Timothy 2, 23. But avoid foolish and difficult disputes, knowing that they generate strife. That means don't argue back. We say it all the time. We say it all the time. Never, never, never argue with a fool in his folly. Unless you become just like him. The fool has nothing to lose but everything to gain if he can get you to act like him or her. So you don't have to argue back. Stop thinking you have to argue back. No, you state your case and move on. After asking those what they call pushback questions, next thing you need to do, you need to, you need to, you need to uh, uh, deploy what they call um, a time buffer. Now, what is the time of here? Proverbs 15, verse 1. Uh, we'll tell you something about that. Come on, read, Cheyenne. Go over there real quick, because time is running on me, and people running too. So go over there, Proverbs 15, verse 1. Because they thought they think about how sunny it is outside, and the playoffs just started, and you got it, you got it. So Proverbs 15, verse 1, what's it say? It reads, the soft answer turneth away Get it? Read it again. Read it smooth this time. Oh, okay. 
here's the thing. When somebody's asking you to do something unreasonable, you don't have to get unreasonable with them. You ain't got to be like, I mean, what? You know how dramatic we like to get? I cannot believe And throw arms and go flailing around. You, oh my gosh, I cannot believe You ain't got to do all that. You ain't got to do all that. Because see, the manipulator wants you to do what they want you to do right then. Here's what you can say. Here's what you can say. You can say this. I think about it. It'll drive me crazy. But you can say, I'll think about it. See, what you're trying to do is slow down. Look, I'll think about it, but I'm not going to be forced to do this right now. I'll think about it. And this is another way of saying, not dramatic, not ain't, no, ain't about to do, no. Right? Remember how Paul did it this morning in Acts 26? He said, oh, most noble. Right? Even though they told him he was talking crazy out of his head. Right? And then, and then, and then lastly, and lastly, here's your last point. Because the baby's letting me know. My last point is this. To confront the manipulator. you got to confront them. And you got to confront them just like the playground bully. you got to confront them. Uh, Shine, give me Revelation 2.21. And they go get from me 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. Now, they need to be confronted. They're not used to being confronted. They're used to getting their way. They're used to being bullies and having their way. And it might even sound scary to you to confront the manipulator. But remember what? The Lord is my shepherd. Huh? The Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will deliver me. He is my Lord. He has all power in his hand. He'll protect me when I stand up against this which is attacking me. 2 Timothy, uh, 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 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, what's it say? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. He, if you're afraid, you're listening to the wrong one. See, fear comes from Satan. You don't have to fear. Jesus said, don't you fear any man. For all they have is the power to destroy the body. Instead, fear the one who can destroy both the body and the soul and cast them into hell. You have no reason to fear any man. They put on pants just like you. Put on a sundress just like you. They burn if they don't put on sunscreen just like you. They are not superhuman. They are human just like you. And you've got to stand up to them. Revelation 2, 21, what's it say? It reads, and I gave her space to repent for her fornication, and she repented not. See, they have to be confronted, but they also have to be given time to repent. Just like Jesus was saying in Revelation, he confronted Rome for all that she was doing against his people and gave her time to repent. See, so you confront them and let them know that you're aware of their schemes, their games, their mind games. You let them know. And then back away and give them time to change. Now, if they won't change, guess what? You change. You have to change. You can't make folk around you change, but you can change. 
right? But it's difficult because sometimes they create such deep soul ties because they've been digging into you for so long and making you think that you depend on them and that you need them. But all you need is God. All you need is God. And God will get you everything you need. So confront them. Give them time to, to repent. And remember, see, if they're repenting, not repent to your way. Repent to God's way. No, you understand what I'm saying? There's a difference between your way and God's way. See, your way will be halfway. A third of the way. God's way is all the way. See, your way will be, well, it seemed like they do it better. It seemed like they talk it better. And you and your messed up standards, you'll make all kind of excuses to keep yourself in foolishness. Because you're not looking at things God's way. Well, 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 it seems like they, they change their conversation. It seems like they don't talk that way every day. Now it's just every other day. They haven't changed, honey. Now you get yourself. God is showing you. What does the Bible say in 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10? In every situation, he's made a way out. So now he's showing you you're dealing with an emotional manipulator. They are manipulating you. God says, I want you manipulated no more. Come out from among them. Come to me. And let me take care of you. Because they'll have you taking care of them forever. They'll never change, but want you to keep changing. Does that make sense to anybody? So if you want to break the chain of emotional manipulation, it starts by coming to Jesus Christ. Come to Jesus by hearing his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Believing what he said. He said, unless you believe that I am him, you will die in your sins. And where I am, you cannot come. If you believe that it is Jesus who is calling you. And it was that same Jesus who died on the cool cross of Calvary. And the same Jesus that was buried in that cold grave and rose on the third day to give hope to the world. And you believe that the same power can resurrect you. Then repent, turn away from your past sins. You'll find this about manipulators. They were once victims themselves. Because see, manipulators are always, they always play the victim. And the thing about manipulators, if you got a headache, they got a migraine. Their stuff is always worse than your stuff. Just so they can always have the edge. Huh? But I know somebody who knows stuff better than anybody's stuff. And his name is Jesus. Repent and break those chains. Don't be chained anymore to that manipulation. Come walk with somebody who has no variance and no shifting in him. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You won't meet Jesus' standards today and then he switch them up tomorrow. He's going to always be the same. He said, come to me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So repent of that past. Confess Jesus as your Lord. Be baptized in the watery grave of baptism for the remission of your sins. 
You must be baptized for remission of your sins, not because pastor said so, not because it's a good idea, not because it marks you. No, you must be baptized, bury the old man, so God can resurrect the new man with his Holy Spirit placed in you, added to his body, which is his church, and he has no other church, has no other body in which you can be saved. If you want to be a Christian, then that's the only way. Come and be a Christian today. Don't stay in the grasp of Satan any longer. If you're a Christian and you've been caught being manipulated by Satan, because remember, even though the person who's manipulating you is flesh, remember, the battle is not against flesh and blood. Your enemy is the adversary, Satan himself. Look him dead in the eye and say, get behind me, Satan. James said if you resist him, he must flee. So resist him. Repent of your sins. Look at where you've been an, abuser, an emotional abuser. Look at where you've been a manipulator. Look at where you've been manipulative and allowed yourself to be following an artificial authority. Repent of that. And come on and let Jesus make your life right. If you want to change, and you want to change today for the better, and leave here a true child of God, please come. And finally, the song because uh, and if you want to stand, we're going to sing Invitational Hymn. And the reason why we do this is only by courtesy, because a person can come to Jesus anytime they get ready. Even in the middle of the sermon, or if they realize I need to become a Christian, they can come right here. But we stand to make it convenient for everybody who wants to make that decision to come on and come forward. If I want to be home, let us stand.